What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Ascending the Spectrum, a new podcast that covers politics, spoopy stuff, and, well, anything else we find entertaining or important. I'm your host, Jack, and I'm joined by my trusty co-hosts, Mateo El Distalero and Magnus. Hola, como esta? Me llamas Mateo Distalero. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, uh, Mateo here. I'm sure if you're listening to this, then you've probably heard me somewhere before. Mateo of the Skinwalker Tapes, been there since day one. Very happy to be there. I also have uh, Extreme Noise Warfare. I got Jam with Jerry, one of the coolest people in the world. I also got, um, what's another one that I do? Oh, Reinhardt and Matt's Monstrous Menage a Trois, which Jack is going to be on for a few of our episodes very soon to cover some campfire tales, and that's going to be real fun. So uh, with that, send it on to Magnus. Uh, yeah, I'm Magnus. Uh, I'm honored to be here with you guys. Uh, new podcasting, new podcast. There it goes. Uh, as always, uh, since I don't have anything personally to shill, I'll go ahead and shill uh, Antelope Hill Publishing, which is antelopehillpublishing.com. Uh, they uh, are a great uh, website. They're a new publishing company that publishes out-of-print, uh, you know, wrong-think books. Uh, I just picked up the uh, Wehrmacht Fitness Manual for all of you guys that need to get back into shape. Nice. Um, they also have uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of our guys' uh, the- the- theosophical works uh, published there. So philosophical works published. So. Uh, yeah, it's really great. Uh, definitely check that out. And of course, as always, uh, check out therightstuff.biz, which it should be, if you are listening to this podcast, should be your home for all dissident right podcasts uh, and entertainment. So uh, if you haven't already sent in your paywall check for $1,488 uh, a week to uh, spend pie, you better go ahead and put that money order in the mail now because uh, there's some great content over there. I think I have, like, four Antelope Hill books, like, by this point. And the most recent one I got was, uh, and everyone's been talking about it, but I was so glad I got it, like, three days after it came out, was the Transgender Industrial Complex. And holy fuck, I highly recommend that to everybody. You really got to read it if you, but you have to, you have to be in the right mindset. You have to be ready to get mad, but turn that anger into uh, righteous justice. Not, like, physical or anything, but just, like, hold it in your heart that we are literally up against the most evil people in the entire history of this planet, and it's only going to get worse. But you got to keep the faith. you got to keep your brothers by your side. And just don't lose hope. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's a good coffee table book in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you might, depending on your, your personal situation, you might not want to put it actually on your coffee table. But uh, it's a good book to have in reference because there's a lot of really good information in there. And if you want to talk to people that aren't necessarily in our sphere that are just sort of normie right or, you know, alt conservative or, or what have you, there's a lot of really good information that you can point to without, you know, for people that don't have the context. So it's, it's really, really good to, to sort of start that conversation and ease people into it. And then, of course, Antelope Hill also has some really good higher-minded stuff like uh, Carl Schmitt's uh, works and uh, Doctrine of Fascism and, and, and good stuff like that. I have The Soldiers of Flame by Leon DeGrell. I oh, started I reading that. that. Yeah, dude. And 
then I ended up getting a few other books in the mail, so I switched on because that's more of like I believe it's like an account of his time in World War One, but in like a poetic fashion. And I definitely do want to read that, but like I saw this book coming out, yeah. But definitely don't limit yourself to that. Check out all their products because they have a lot, a wide variety of books, and they're all very, very good books. Very good quality books, too. Like, physically. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all right, well, enough of the... Not to shill too hard for Antelope, <laughs> but I, I feel like it's, uh, it's, it's warranted. Um, so, yeah, go check them out. Um, Jack, if you don't mind, I have some prep here, unless you want to go first. Oh, by all means. All right. So uh, this was just uh, this just sort of came through my feed here, and this is from uh, I know it's it's Reddit, so uh, you know get your bants in now. But this is from r slash Breaking Mom subreddit, and the post says, um, "My toddler almost never addresses me as mom or mommy. He does only when he's annoyed or angry. I know he can, but he doesn't. And this morning he was following me around, calling me a Dexpa over and over." Um, and finally he said, a Dexba pay baby sock. And I realized what was going on. My mom got a fire TV cube for Christmas. My kid is calling me Alexa and demanding I play baby shark, which I assume is some sort of viral video. Oh my God. And this is his first complete verbal request for something. And he called me Alexa, holding my face, mouth in front of his eyes, uh, addressing me. So... Uh, and then, of course, there's a wonderful picture of uh, Ted Kaczynski in his, yes. uh, in, in his, just like the hollowed-out shell of a man uh, staring back at you, uh, reminding you what happens because we didn't listen. The Industrial um, Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Yeah, it's been a real disaster for mommy. Um, and, you know, th- I, I was reading this earlier today, and I was thinking about it because, um, you know, this is uh, this is actually a, a really... A growing problem, and it's been a problem. People have been talking about this uh, sort of on the fringes about uh, television, uh, going back to the 1980s, about the effect of uh, these sort of technologies on young children. And there's mm-hmm. been research back and forth about um, how children develop, uh, how they're impacted negatively by TV. But I really do see this, uh, you know, and of course people talk about this with smartphones and tablets, but I really do see a really potentially very dystopian future where uh, these Amazon and Apple, uh, you know, listening artificial or virtual intelligence devices are, you know, cropping up in people's homes. And they're really going to negatively change how uh, young children learn to interact with technology. And I think this is only going to accelerate, uh, you know, the, the formation of sort of the bug man technology class of people that don't have the ability to relate to human beings in a normal fashion. This is going to be the next step of that. And you can already see it. Like there's been so many of like my friends that I've hung out with and they have their, their two or three year old kid already just like glued to a tablet. And like, you know, when I talk with my friends, my age, I'm in my early thirties and we talk about like our childhoods we always talk about like climbing trees or going out in the woods or like playing with our dog or something. And think about the kids that are growing up right now. When they talk about their childhoods, they're not even going to remember anything because it was all a screen. And that literally lowers your intelligence. It lowers your ability to concentrate, focus. And it's just if, if you're a parent that gives your kids electronics just so that you can go and fuck off with your own electronics, you just really shouldn't be a parent. It's just disgusting. 
yeah, the, these kids have no, they really will not have any like childhood experiences that, that you just look back on as a kid. Like, I mean, at least for me, when I, when I was growing up, like I would just hang out with my friends. We go bike riding everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, you know, go to the rope swing, go swimming. Yeah. It's just these kids. It's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to, I'm chilling on my phone. Don't bother me. I watched SpongeBob today. That was my that was my childhood for like 1999 or whatever. Yeah, and, and I've <laughs> not, like, not me personally. I don't even know why. I yeah. said like 2019. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like I, I've seen many cases where like the mother will be letting like the four year old kid use her phone, no. and then she needs to make a phone call and takes the phone away just for like a brief second, and the kid just starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like it just like. Like crack withdrawals, pretty much. You've like literally that gotten your child addicted to electronics, and you you did this because you're lazy or you just don't care. Well, yeah. So you know, to inject a, a couple of uh, little factoids. Uh, so the current rate of prevalence or estimated rate of prevalence of ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity, uh, is ten point two percent as of twenty sixteen. This is a massive jump from um from from the 90s um things have gone up and up and up um there's an incredible number of uh children in the united states currently taking uh add or adhd medication which as we all know is uh, by uh, methamphetamines their uh their central nervous system and there are problems with that too uh but there is significant evidence linking um, you know, overexposure to electronics and specifically not just overexposure to electronics, but, um, you know, a lack of significant interpersonal uh, interaction with young children to rates of um, ADHD, uh, arrested cognitive development, lower intelligence, um, lower emotional intelligence, which is the ability of a child to empathize with or connect with other people meaningfully. Um, and... You know, this, I think this is a direct impact. And, you know, to, to go off what you were saying earlier, Mateo, we're looking at a, a future where, you know, it, we're going into a future where millennials who themselves were raised on screens are going to be raising their children with screens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you think millennials are bad now. They at least, uh, you know, were kind of, you know, outside. They're going to be the last generation that was exposed to traditional parenting. This generation going forward, the alphas and and betas and so forth going forward, are all going to be, by and large, raised in a generation of children who have been exposed to, um, you know, immediate internet access, you know, always online entertainment, screens of all varieties, um, from the time that they're basically born. Um, And it's possible that in the next few years we could see increasing prevalence of um, artificial or virtual intelligences as well being brought into this. Yeah, and it, it's not even just uh, all those things that you listed that are going up. It, it's also autism, so I post some in the chat. So, uh, if it will load. All right, so in 1992, so that, that, that was 26 years ago. Wow. One in 150, that was the autism rate. And then, it uh, what was it? In 2018, it was reported one in 59. Oh, Jesus. Or well, no. so the '92 that was the birth year of who they surveyed, and 2006 was um, when they did it again. So, yeah, so that's the millennial yeah. generation right there, right? Yep. That's that's the beginning and ending of the millennial generation essentially. 
And, um, yeah, no, I, I will say that the rates of autism are, the problem with autism is it's so loosely defined that, you know, a lot of people get captured. But I think a lot of those people that are under there are not necessarily, you know, traditionally autistic, you know, the kinds of people that have hypersensitivity to, you know, light or sound or are unable to communicate effectively. These are people that just have extremely low emotional intelligence. They're not able to um, read emotions on people's faces. Uh, increasingly, I come across people that are, that are, that are like that. They can't, uh, they can't read the expression on my face and discern what I'm feeling. Um, they can't, communicate their emotions effectively to others they can't empathize with other people um and that's a real problem because if you want a healthy society you're going to have to have people that can do that that can feel what other people are feeling that can understand what other people are thinking and when you have a bunch of borderline autists that are only really concerned with what's going on in their head um and the rest of the population has no internal monologue whatsoever uh you're looking at an increasingly uh, fractious and disjointed and uh, really inhuman population. And that's very true. And it goes back to what I was saying a little bit ago. You know, you develop some of your most basic cognitive functions by the time you're like nine years old. And the fact that they're getting force fed, literally scripted bullshit, and not having to interact with the real world. Like back in the day, I ended up learning to read because my sisters and my mom literally sat down with me when I was about two, three years old and were like, helping me understand words and then the same thing like i would do math problems or i would do practical things in the real world i would help my dad do shit around the house and now that that's not happening those real world experiences that form and shape the way that you conceptualize the world they're going away and you're being force-fed artificial stuff by you know who and it's oh, literally on. it's literally melting people's brains and molding them into something that's easily manipulated easily controlled and just ineffectual in any kind of real real world situation really yeah and in my opinion honestly it back to the whole autism thing i think it's more so an artificial autism it, it isn't the mm -hmm. original defined term for it but the way you just interact with a screen like during like what mateo said for all your important developmental years so you don't really learn how to like read emotional expressions or anything like that. It, it, you just don't. And it's really hard once you make it past a certain age to like learn any of that stuff. It's, it's like the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really a frightening um, future. And I want to just, I want to do some speculative analysis here. And, and that's where, you know, I'm going to read some of what, um, sort of, you know, the, the people in the know, the NPR, the New York Times, uh, various people are talking about, and I just want you to picture the kind of future that they are that they are moving us toward. So uh, I got an article here from NPR uh, titled "Alexa, Are You Safe for My Kids?" and it's discussing a a potential new product uh, by Mattel that Mattel was planning to release uh, a couple of years back. And it's called Aristotle, and it's basically, you know, it's like an Alexa for your children. And it was designed to, you know, basically compete with Google's Home, Microsoft Cortana, Amazon Echo, um, to as like a parenting aid. Um, and, you know, these, uh, these machines, they are always listening. They're in your home. They have cameras and audio pickups. 
Um, they're always connected to the internet. And the idea is, yeah, well, you know, we know you're busy. You and, you know, your husband, assuming you're married, uh, you know, they have a job. So you can't obviously be around to, you know, answer your kids' questions. So we're going to provide you this little device um, that will talk and interact with your children. And there's all kinds of helpful little tips in this article, like, uh, you know, you know, you have to be nice to the machine so that you can teach your children how to interact with this device. Um, you know, don't teach your children how to interact with people. Teach your children how to better interact with this technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's very dystopian, the kinds of things that they're writing here. Um, and, of course, there are, there are people that have sound the the alarm bell for these sort of things but overwhelmingly i'm seeing articles that are you know that are excited about this hey this is a great parenting age uh uh parenting aid this is a great tool that you can use uh to you know free up time uh you know use a speaker to compliment and augment your parenting goals you know have it remind your children to you know go to bed or or have it read a a, a story to your children uh before they go to sleep uh you know Remind them uh, to, to do things before they go to school. Um, teach it how to call loved ones so that, you know, they can call grandma or, you know, whoever while you're out. Um, you know, help them find games and activities, which, of course, the device is pre-programmed to recommend to your children by the you-know-whos uh, for, you know, appropriate learning uh, times. Uh, and here's the most dystopian one. Use your smart speaker as a neutral third party. Uh, as a way to help resolve disputes, uh, to set timers for your children to share or, or move on to the next activity. So basically, these people are, are recommending that you turn over your child's most important developmental years from, you know, essentially from birth to, you know, age five. Uh, which, you know, by the way, the, the, the evidence is overwhelming that if your child isn't a normal developed human person by the time they're about four or five years old, um, they never will be overwhelmingly. Um, and so, you know, the, you're, you're turning over your child's most important development years to a machine which, of course, is owned and controlled by these massive megalithic technology companies that do not have your children's best interest at heart. They have the interest of making, you know, a good little consumer out of little Timmy or, mm-hmm. or a, little, a little Josie, you know. And it gets darker than that, too. <clears throat> so during during those early years you know all those all that time where the parents are just like yeah no little timmy just look at the screen the whole time while the parents just don't do their job as parents that child doesn't form a bond with his or her parents i was just parents. gonna say that <laughs> yeah so it, it's essentially creating psychopaths i'm sure there's yeah. a good uh, a, a, probably a solid correlation between you know screen time and the increase in uh, school shootings and whatnot And another thing about all of this is, is that, you know, and I'm not a parent myself and any of the people I know in our thing are all excellent parents, but like, dude, you need to, you're, if you bring a child into this world, your like wants and needs are second to that. Like, this is your main concern now. Like you, you have to make sure that this thing that you created out of your own body grows up to be the best possible person it can be. And you might have to make sacrifices. Sorry. It's like, dude, you can't. Oh, my God. It just makes me so mad. Like, when I have kids, I'm probably just going to do podcasts. I won't even be on Twitter anymore. I'll just be hanging out with my kid, like, going in the woods, playing with the dog. Yeah, take the Owen Benjamin pill, right? Just, like, move out to the woods, get some goats, and, uh, you know, podcast about the you-know-whos all night long. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. (laughs) 
Yeah, and if, and if you if your child doesn't become top priority a- after you have your first kid, I have a lot of questions and concerns for you there, pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Another thing about that is too, and it was something I thought of as soon as you just said that is, you know, they're creating this class of parents that are around our age, yeah, for sure, and younger, of course, who are literally being like told by the media companies, like, yeah. If you get if you don't want to be around your kid for a couple hours, just put on this movie, and then they start to like you know. And that's not even the current shot. That's not that was like that's that's the shot they gave to to Gen Xers. Yeah, exactly. And the and shot it, it for just, millennials increasingly is hey, you don't want to be around your kid for until the weekend. You don't want to be around your kid for a month. You don't want to be around your kid ever. You you just want to like pop one out so that you can. You know, take some some good Instagram photos and get some you know accolades oh. from your friends. Um, increasingly, they're turning re- when people do reproduce, and reproduction is way down. It's not just whites; it's everyone in this country. Yeah. You know, Alex McNabb is right. We are headed towards a not just a national, not just a regional, but a global population crunch, where you know just the number of people that are going to be on this earth is just going to drop off the face of the planet. Uh, we're just mm-hmm. going to have a massive collapse in the number of people because nobody is reproducing. And and so for the people that do actually choose to reproduce, increasingly that reproductive choice is just like every other choice. It's a consumptive choice. Oh, yes, well, I'd like to have the parenting lifestyle. Yeah, I'll take a number two, uh, <laughs> colored blue. Um, and, you know, increasingly that's going to be what it is. And you can already see this in other sectors with uh, the idea that, you know, soon you'll be able to choose your children's eye color. You're going to choose how tall they're going to be. You're going to choose how many children you want to have. And a lot of that stuff is science fiction um, that sort of like big tech puts out there that will never come to pass for obvious reasons. Uh, That or or the selection for the the kind of phenotypes you'll be able to select for your children will be extremely limited. They're too scared of Aryan super soldiers. Yeah, yeah well, let's be real. Let's be real here. They're not. That's not going to be on the menu. Just well, like no, out yeah. here, not on the menu Ooh, for everything blue else. Hair or blue eyes and blonde hair. Ooh, are you a Nazi? Well, you know, <laughs> the 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 point the point being, of course, that if if they ever, I don't think they ever will have this level of control over people's reproduction. I hope that they won't. But if they do, it'll be like every other big tech thing, which is that. You know, the easy and, and, and wide road for these sort of choices uh, is going to be heavily limited and heavily policed by the big interests um, that have a, a plan for what they want humanity to look like. And they will shape people's incentives, they will gate off choices, and they will make it so that, you know, normies that take these sorts of routes are going to be, you know, funneled uh, down, you know, two or three or four or five, but not much more. Uh, preset paths, all of which benefit the system, and none of which benefit us. Magnus, and, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but yeah. back in 2019, uh, the Chinese already beat everyone to it. They they already made the first gene edited baby. Well, I know that they have done it. I just I'm not confident. First of all, I'm well. You know, let's get into it. I'm not confident this system, the way they have it, is going to is going to last long enough for them to. To, to mass market this sort of technology. Well, not here. Not here, maybe. But certainly, I, I can absolutely see places like China and Japan making that happen. But see, the difference is, if you look at what they did with China, is they actually, <laughs> they're actually using Western or European phenotypes 
in that in that DNA. They're, they're actually making, you know, <laughs> Hapa babies. Uh, it, and it's and, like that with every single Asian culture. It, it, they they just want to be white. I, I've noticed this like with every single type of Asian. I just hear from other people who've been to like Japan, Korea. And all other Asian countries, they all do everything they can to look as white as they can. Well, everyone's jealous of us. <laughs> you hate well, us because you ain't us. Well, you know, it's not – It's not. I'll, I'll be a little more nuanced here, and I'll give the Chinese a little bit of credit. It's not that the Chinese are ashamed of being Chinese, and they're not. Um, it's, it's not that they want to replace their descendants and make them look not Chinese at all. It's that um, – uh, Asians in particular are very aware of power dynamics and of status within their own cultures. And uh, I know some people have made the claim that white people are very you know, interested in status. And I think that, that that is true when compared to other populations. But you know, the Chinese in particular are also very status conscious. And if the Chinese are looking around and they're seeing who's in charge, who's running the world right now, and that would, for now, it, well... That's true. That's true. And actually, uh, there is some good content we could probably do on another show, uh, a deeper dive on that, because the Chinese are aware of that, uh, of the you-know-whos, if, if, mm -hmm. if we can say that. Oh, God. Well, they've yeah. been there for several centuries now. Yeah. Just, they, so, they just, they're just smart enough to be like, uh, we don't trust you, Jew. Yeah, so... Me no, me no think man with small hats is so trustworthy. Yeah. Israel is asshole! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, so you know they are aware of that, but I think also in some level there's just sort of cargo culting the dominant the dominant population. Um, you know, it, it's not that they have a specific fetish for white people. It's just that white people seem to be successful, and so uh, maybe they're doing their own form of you know infiltration and subversion. Maybe there's a thought that you know at some point they will look wide enough to, you know, infiltrate the current Western power structure. But So they're going to try to infiltrate the West by becoming the West? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's worked for, it worked for the you-know-whos, right? Yeah, I know. You know? Um, yeah. Hello, and, my fellow white man. And I think that that may also <laughs> Hello, be... Hello, fellow white man. <laughs> I think that may also be, that is also the uh, the intention of many of, of these uh, Asian women that come over to the United States and marry... Uh, and marry white Europeans, it, and, and and I've seen this increasingly on social media. They talk about, you know, replacing uh, white people, diluting white people, um, and again, a lot of this, a lot of this is very, um, it, it's very like kind of spurgy, and it doesn't really make much sense. But in a in a broader sense, I do see that as a as a potential danger. Um, these people. They do see us as competitors on the world stage, and they are interested in either subverting or replacing our power structure with their own. I think with like the Chinese, as compared to those guys in the small funny hats, is that the the ones with the the small funny hats want us dead, broke, yada yada yada. Insert Sam Hyde quote here. But with the Chinese, they they don't want that because they know we're useful. They they don't want to wipe us out. They just want to, well, I don't want to say enslave, but for lack of a better term, yeah, it like in, enslave us. We pretty they pretty much take over as the world superpower and we go to like second world citizens pretty much. 
That's essentially yeah. it. Yeah, they they just want to sell their cheap Chinese shit to us, and they just want to be our biggest, uh, or they want to be the biggest exporter of everything. Like they don't actually want to kill us; they just want our money. Well, I, I won't. I'm not going to. I know a lot of people in our circles who are justly angry about the the ridiculous anti-China rhetoric that we've been right. And so they sort of give China more credit than I think China is due. I absolutely see China as a as an existential threat. And the only reason Before, that oh, I sure. don't put them higher on the list is that, you know, uh, it's like looking across and seeing a potential conqueror, but you have already been conquered by a current conqueror. And so, mm. you know, the potential conqueror kind of doesn't look as dangerous in comparison, you know, to the guy whose boot is actively on your neck. But make no mistake, uh, the Chinese absolutely do feel a, you know, they have a very long memories, very long racial and cultural memories. And the Chinese would absolutely take a sadistic pleasure in utterly destroying uh, everything about the West uh, in revenge for how uh, they perceive they were mistreated um, in the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries. Um, and Thank you, Anglos. Well, I was going to say the, well, the you know, wars, which now China's sending us fentanyl, which is yeah. killing thousands of whites every well, every year. And don't think that that's don't think that that's that's uh don't think that that's just an accident of history. The, no. the Chinese they understand better than perhaps any other people on earth that revenge is a dish best served cold. Um, and the Chinese, despite being known for eating strange things, uh, they their favorite food is actually revenge served cold. That's that's extremely true, actually. And there was something I heard really good a few months ago about like you know Americans literally plan like, for the next election, so, like, two to four years. The Chinese plan, like, 50, 100, 150 years from now. They're, they're, they're thinking, they're playing the long game. And we've yeah. been turned into playing the short game. And we used to play the long game as well. And now we just got turned into short-sighted, attention span deficit dummies. <laughs> and I think technology has, uh, you know, the, the, it's really the intersection of Finkelthink and technology. Finkelthink... Yes. Uh, you know, not to not to steal all of Jazz Hand's perspectives, but I think one of the things that he doesn't talk about nearly enough is the fact that Finkelthink um, and the way that it constantly keeps you fighting over the same ground. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like World War One; you're just fighting over the same few inches of soil. Nothing is ever happening for either team, and that that really shortens people's perspectives because you start thinking minute by minute, tweet by tweet, day by day, election by election. And because it really discourages you from thinking about anything further. No, because, of course, the people running the system don't want you to be thinking about a future. They want you to be caught up in the moment. They want you to be, um, you know, people that, that are only capable of thinking in the next five minutes of time. Because it's really easy to control people that have no time horizon. And, we, you know, people on the right have been talking about this for decades. Um, and the Chinese are really helped by the fact that they are a very old culture. Uh, mm -hmm. And they not, you know, of course, Europeans are an old culture, too. But they have kept that part of their cultural memory alive, that they remember being a, a cultural power in 2000, 3000 BC. Okay, yep. these are old, old people. All the dynasties. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and their, their perspective is, okay, well... You know, fine, you're ruling for a couple of centuries, but ultimately things are going to come back to the Middle Kingdom, which is them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're going to turn all of their 
powers. They're cultural, they're educational, they're economic, they're cultural. Um, whatever they have at their disposal, they're going to be turning those things towards their eventual dominance and hegemony over the planet. Um, and you know who's there, even an older culture. I mean, mm -hmm. these people remember being desert nomads, uh, you know, before the world began, basically, you know, before, before the flood, before Pangaea, if you believe their own historical myths. So these people also think with very, very long-term time horizons. It's never what one family or one nation or one century can hold, but you know, one millennia, more than millennia. And that's true. And, and one of the good things, well, not good things, good for them, not for us. The good thing for the Chinese and the you-know-whos is they actually have like an ethnic level with each other and we've been so splintered and turned against each other i mean the term no war brother wars isn't like a joke it really is true we've been literally at each other's throats for thousands of years now and what we need to do and i know it, it could be hard because you know uh grievances do die hard and people remember things but eventually you know in order to not be destroyed as an actual like people we need to actually realize that hey those Anglos might be this way, but I'm German and we're still brothers more than we're brothers with, you know, a certain tribe from the Levant or the Chinese. And, you know, it, it might be hard, but <clears throat> we're all the same people. We just have like, we're just all from different parts. That's all it really is. We're just, we're, we're the same guys. We're family. They're just our cousins. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck it. One struggle. Yeah. Yep. One struggle. Um, and I think to bring it back to the topic, I think that, um, you know, that requires a certain level of emotional intelligence. Because mm -hmm. if you're a Spurg or an autist, um, and, you, and and this is really like the internet autist as opposed to, you know, people that actually have, you know, autism. They, they actually have a different brain uh, that interprets the world differently. But the internet autist is just a person who is um, particularly narcissistic and in mm -hmm. the in the way that they can only really focus on whatever they are thinking about or whatever they are experiencing at the moment yeah. and when you get into these you know these internet um you know these internet arguments these these ridiculous fraction fractionalizations of people uh it's because these people can only think about the idea they have in their head and the internet makes it really easy for them to share that particular thought with people over and over again and to ignore or drown out any other people's thoughts. And so you get these ridiculous arguments and these, you know, about, you know, who's white and, 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 and you know, well, you're an Anglo, you're an Italian, you're whatever. And that's because these people, they literally cannot, they cannot feel like they're part of one group mm -hmm. um, with another people. They, they, you know, it's hard to get an emotional response out of people. And human beings, they require... You know, just like people that have had their brain chemistry uh, screwed up by taking too many mind-altering substances, um, people require these emotional feedback loops in order to function healthily in society. Uh, Europeans perhaps are especially vulnerable uh, in requiring those things. And we're increasingly setting up a system where we ruin those uh, systems very early for young people, and they're not able mm. to... Uh, rely on those emotional systems to give them the the triggers that they need, the the instincts, the healthy instincts that they need to um, to navigate the world successfully. Instead, it creates just a bunch of internet autists that are just complete and total irony bros 
will do nothing in real life, like not even something as simple as just getting together with local like-minded guys, you know, yeah. stuff like that. They'll just say, or if they do, yeah, okay, they're so Fred. insufferable to one another that they can't, they can't yeah. do anything. Well, it's even rarer in that case because usually I've noticed is that those irony bros, yeah, they'll act like that online, but when you meet them in real life, they'll they'll never do that when they when they're face to face with you because I, I don't know what it is if it's just the whole um what was it the the fake autism that was created whatever i said earlier um the synthetic autism yeah yeah i, I whatever it may be but they typically i mean yeah you'll get the onesies and twosies here and there that are both spurgs online and offline but Typically, yeah, well, and, and, yeah. and these people are just remarkably low energy in general. They just they have no motivation to do anything. Uh, everything has to be easy. I, I've noticed this in myself. I've noticed, you know, that it's hard. Some it, it's it's increasingly hard. And I remember, you know, being a kid. I, I remember, you know, uh, trying new things, doing new things, having courage. And nowadays, uh, it's increasingly, you know, I find myself being reticent to do something that's just not like an easy. You know, self-evident, push the button, get product type of of thing, and so these exercises um, that encourage people to have greater agency, like you know, using a money order to purchase something as opposed to a credit card, or uh, you know, telling Google to buy it for you on Amazon, uh, you know, because you have all your information already logged into the system, you literally hit one button and get something delivered, or or press one of those little clickers on the inside of your kitchen cabinet. Uh, these gratification, are, yeah, exactly. And- it, it's and in not one day, but it 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 creates this system by which your brain is disincentivized from thinking creatively or laterally, mm-hmm. right? Which I ironically, uh, those people, those irony bros that you know do exactly what you're talking about, those are the ones that are just like, yeah, one click on Amazon, nice. Well, uh, they also talk shit about you know like Jeff Bezos, you know, Mr. Amazon himself, who in literally one, I think it was in one day, once this fake and gay pandemic started literally doubled his net worth yeah exactly and um so i you know to anybody listening out there if you have any of these systems in your life if you save your credit card information to your google account if you use the one click or auto re-up on amazon fuck if you buy anything from amazon you just just cut it out of your life if you can uh and i i understand you know it's not possible to cut everything out of your life it's it's difficult for people i mean i have to engage professionally on the internet i have to be in front of bad screen every day before i can be on good screen um but you need to cut as much of that out of your life and you know um and get back to doing something physical that requires you to walk to a place and and better yet walk to a place and interact with a human being yep to get what you want and don't walk to a chain store if you can. It, like, I understand some people are in the middle of nowhere or, like, you know, they, they're they urbanites, whatever. And, yeah. and it's, it's not a lot of mom and pop stores. But if you can, support your local businesses. because Especially now with all these businesses being shut down. I, I forget what percentage of locally owned businesses have closed. 40%. This whole thing is, 40%. That's what it was. I can remember if it was 40 or 50. But that's absolutely insane. I I. I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure even like with the Great Depression, like we it never even hit rates that high. No. And I actually have some personal experience with this because the place I work at is literally they only have four stores. And they're one of those things like 
we have so many, uh, probably 70% of the people that I help at my store literally will come in and say, yeah, I, I came here first because I don't want to give Home Depot any money. I don't want to give Lowe's any money. I wanted to come here first because I know you guys actually care and you want to help rather than these people that just sit there on their phones while I'm asking like, hey, I need this drywall screw. What kind should I get? And they're just like, oh, it's an aisle 15. And it's just like, no. And that's one of the reasons I'm so happy to have the job that I have because I get to deal with these people and I get to help them and show them that like, yeah, there's still people out there that care. And that's exactly why people keep coming back to my store because I, as soon as they walk in the door, I walk up to them like, hey, how you doing? What can we help you with today? And then I take them back to like faucets or lights or electric or plumbing. And I, I can like go there show them exactly what they want and they're like wow thank you i would have spent two hours in home depot i that's why i always come here first support your local businesses because they actually give a fuck rather than these chains bullshit stores yeah, yeah and, you'll, and you'll and always have a much they... more um you'll, you'll have a much more uh personal experience with mom and pop stores like that and uh, one of the reasons being is that these giant conglomerate um chain stores and whatnot uh, they're like the epitome of bureaucrat gang. They, mm -hmm. they have to deal with the whole diversity hire. They, they don't hire people really based on skill or any no. of that. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we just need bodies. We, we don't really care. And these people that they hire, they really don't care because at the end of the day, nothing's going to really happen to them. Like, oh, you were on your phone while talking to a customer. Eh, it doesn't matter. You know, you still made the sale. Oh, you sold them the wrong thing. Uh, oh, well, they can just return it. It doesn't matter. But oh, these you sold product stores, today. Thank you. Yeah, these mom and pop stores, like, they actually have to compete. So they actually have to try whether, you know, their employees are being genuine or not. It doesn't matter. They at least put on the performance that they genuinely care and they're actually trying to help you because that helps them in return. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people have literally said that it brightens their day going in there because we have the best of oh, Magnus. I'll let you go in a second. I just want to say this real quick. These mom and pop stores, they just, they feel good before the Christmas season started. My uh, boss, he literally played like sixties uh, music and not like the hippies sixties music, but the wholesome, happy, nice, fun sixties music. And people would come in there and they would just be like jamming out while they're waiting for me to ring them out after I found their shit for them. And it was so, it just, it feels good. Don't go to one of these soulless corporations. Support your local mom and pops. You'll have fun. You'll be, you'll have fun going shopping. And that's not something you can say with these other places. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, closing thoughts on that for me. And then uh, we'll probably go to break because uh, it's been about an hour and I've got to get going. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the, 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 the point about all of this, the – the, the artificial intelligence, the screens from a young age, the chain stores, the, the, the reducing of independent cooperate you know, the, the whole point, the whole shot, if you will, mm -hmm. is that uh, the system that's run by the you-know-whos is actively discouraging any independent thought, because ind independent thought and awareness is bad. And so anything that they can do to train the human animal to respond to their incentives and to not think about the incentives uh, that are being used is beneficial. Because remember, human beings uh, are animals just like any other animal. The thing yep. that makes human beings unique is that unlike other animals, uh, while a human being responds to external stimuli, the human being can think about 
the stimuli that it is being stimulated with. It can independently assess and decide whether it likes those uh, those those incentives or whether it needs to change its environment to alter those incentives. And the problem with what I see with the West is that increasingly we are being given incentives and we are being numbed so that that part of ourselves that that thinks about thinking about things uh, is being told to shut off, uh, and not just for a day or a week, but forever, per- permanently. And so, you know, when a child is given a screen, um, you know, they're not being told here, program a computer and, 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 and figure out how to make it do what you want. No, it's choose from these five options what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. These technologies, they don't make us more free. They don't open up more horizons. They funnel us into a multiple choice box. And that maze is brightly colored and it's various and entertaining, but it's ultimately a maze. And we don't have any control over it. And these bug people that you see, they all like the same things. They all watch the same things. They all speak the same global language from, you know, from Budapest to Nairobi to Tokyo to New York. They're all the same people. Um, and the reason is because they got funneled into neoliberal hypercapitalism, consumer mm-hmm. culture. And that culture doesn't have any avenues outside of what, the, what, what neoliberalism wants them to think. And they're, if you've ever talked to these people, they're fundamentally incapable of examining their own thought patterns and lives uh, to come to any conclusions about it, right? And, and that's why they are ridiculed, and justly so. But, uh, you know, ultimately the idea is, you know, if you, need, uh, if you need X product for your house, you don't think, well, where, where should I go to get this? You just think, oh, it's home stuff? I go to Big Orange Box. <laughs> oh, it's clothes thing? I go to big blue box. Oh, it's food thing. I go to big red box, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't think about the name of the store. And you don't think about, um, you know, y- 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 you're encouraged not to, to even think about going to the store anymore. Because, oh, uh, X product is missing from my pantry? Click the button and it'll arrive tomorrow on my doorstep by Amazon. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a very disturbing type of a future that they have for us but yeah i just encourage people to just you know unplug uh wake up be a human being it takes effort and it's annoying yeah, and nobody likes having to go find their credit card at you know three o'clock to to you know figure out what number to punch into the to the screen but you know even that little bit of effort sort of wakes up that part of you yeah and to play off what he just said like they really are just trying to turn you into mindless consumers that literally exactly like he said was so perfect like you go to you don't even associate names anymore you just go here to get this because you need it and then that's it and you probably don't even leave your house to do that they'll just deliver it to your house they will deliver it to your front door and now since the covid shit they don't even have to interact with you they can just leave it there walk away like i was ordering pizza a few weeks ago and yeah they don't even stay around and and collect the tip because remember it's all electronic now yeah, well, you know. that or you can. And like, don't forget six offer... percent for the delivery service that they are not working that they're working for as a contractor, right? Oh, Uber Eats and whatever the other DoorDash. That yeah. no, don't ever use those. Last resort, oh. if it's like yeah. if you like if your legs broken, last resort, but never use those if you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly. you're just supporting gig economy at that point, and also, so the whole consumer neoliberal culture, pretty much. Um, I could not say it better than Warren's speech in the last NJP speech. Yes. But 
all, all these supposed, you know, well, I, I'll, I'll just say it, libtards, uh, like, oh, yeah, pro-environment. Yeah, please this, use the correct vernacular. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not some sort of plebeian, but so, like, these libtards, like, yeah, you know, like, we, we got to save the environment. All they care about is carbon emissions, which is, uh, like, next to nothing compared to, like, all the trash in the ocean from China, India alone. And the whole consumer culture is what is perpetuating that whole thing. They, they just like, oh, I, I must consume content. Get excited for next content. Like, it's just like, well, what do you think is going to happen? Like, you're just buying and buying more things that you don't need. It just produces yeah, well, increasingly more, with more money weight. that you don't have. Because, yes. You know, it's all going to be microloans. I don't know if you've seen these. Well, you yeah. know, last, last thing before we go. But, you know, you've seen these... Uh, these uh, micro loan uh, things on websites now, and I'm seeing it pop up on all kinds of websites. Uh, you go to type in your Visa, or your Mastercard. Oh, it's a hundred dollars or four payments of twenty four ninety nine through you know these different micro loan microfinancing applications, and you're going to see a lot more of that. Mm -hmm. uh, credit card debt has gone down in the United States, mostly due to the the COVID checks and, and people not buying stuff, but. Rest assured, Goyim, uh, that's not going to stay there for long, and they may replace credit cards. They may be phasing them out as, you know, out with the old and in with the new microfinance loans. Mm -hmm. And um, while credit card debt may be down, um, I think once uh, – I don't know if it's just state by state where they have the uh, eviction prevention stuff for, for the virus. Yeah, that's all but going But once this month. that lifts, yeah. oh, man, I think it's – was it 35%? They're all getting evicted. Yeah, like, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah. Goyim. Uh, you're out on the street. Um, prepare to get you know microfinance payments for your gas bill, finance your rent payment, finance everything, finance it yeah. all. Yeah, and I'll, um, I'll be fair to you know the libtards here. You know we we we've been shitting on them a little bit too much, you know, but let's ship on let let's shit on the capitalists, all right. Because mm -hmm. the capitalists are totally okay with this. They are fine with Jeff Bezos having trillions of dollars. Because when Why you, don't you build it, your own service? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when you do, they get shut down. You don't get any payment <laughs> processors. You can't have none of that. And this guy can have trillions of dollars for who knows why you would need that much. They're totally fine with it. And, it, and also, they're totally fine with like near half the country getting evicted from their homes. Yeah, and I have yeah. one last bit of advice to build on everything we've said tonight. And it's like, it, it literally is both what the three of us, or all three of us have said. Go outside, go to your local mom and pops, even if you have to, like, wear a mask or whatever, go talk to people. And once you, like, bring up something, it doesn't have to be like, oh, Hitler, rah, 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 rah. Like, you can just go and bring up something that's not the mainstream culture. And they will think about that all day. If they still have the capacity to think about it, they will think about like, oh, this person said this and this is not something I've heard of. They might go research it. And then that's a start of the break of the conditioning because it's like we said before, you know, the current culture is like rap music, Marvel movies. Yeah, what's well, on the well, football. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Exactly. Sports yeah. ball. And, and actually, Mateo, that's a great point. And I'll throw out one last white bill before we go. And, and Jack, you just go ahead and give your final thoughts and then we'll, we'll get out of here. But, uh, you know, there's that study that Mike Enoch consistently brings up on, on the right stuff. And it, it says that there's 10% of the United States that thinks, that believes the basic tenets that we do about you know who's, 
about um, you know uh, about uh, the, the differences in, uh, in 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 different types of people, about the future of the United States. Ten percent of the population. That means every time you talk to a random person, you have a one in ten percent. You know, have a one in ten chance that uh, you're going to be talking to a future or current our guy. Mm-hmm. So this is not, of course, a license for you to go out, start, you know, strap on that plastic stall helm and go down to Bob's <laughs> Hardware and, you know, just start throwing Romans around. But, you know, if you're getting your hair cut, if you're going to the dentist's office, if you have to go stop at a Quickie Mart, and you're talking to someone, especially if they're a white person, a young white person, uh, you know, go ahead and go ahead and drop some dog whistles. Uh, go ahead and, and, and talk about something of meaning. You know, it doesn't have to be political. It could be religious. It could be... Uh, historical. It could be, you know, just an observation about how bad things have gotten. And believe me, there's there's plenty of black pills you can throw around. These people are hungry for truth. They're hungry for good, honest opinions. And yeah, they will think about what you have to say all day long. And that mm-hmm. means, of course, you have to be responsible for what you say. Don't just spurg out. But uh, yeah, the, people are waking up all over the country. And it's our job to wake them up and get them connected because if we don't, uh, you know, everyone's going to go in the meat grinder sooner or later. We are the facilitators of truth. And we need to take our job seriously. Exactly. And, you know, once we are aware, we're free. And that's really the takeaway from all this. All right, yeah, finish it, much, finish um, it up, Jack. So, closing statement. Pressing forward. Um, pressing forward. Moving on. Moving um, on. So, caveat off pretty much what you both said. So... This election, with the way it went, especially with – like, yeah, there was rigging, but ultimately, you know, Trump lost his white vote. So even if there was no rigging, it wouldn't – ultimately, it does not matter. Exactly. But all these, you know, like Trump conservatives, um, big mm, Trump. Trump. Yeah, <laughs> like like they they are very confused right now. They are still confused right now. Yeah, and they're headed a lot for of a them... major black pill in in January. So get oh. ready. We have to be there to catch these people because there's gonna be there's gonna be Q-tards jumping out of windows, and we need to be there with the big fireman trampoline to you know catch these people as they come out of the the 14th story. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be finding finding them hanging in the bathroom. Yeah, no, get them out of the bathroom. Get them away from the television. Get them away from you know from Acoon. Get them outside in the real world. Get them thinking about how they can positively impact their community. Yes. And my best advice for you is that take this time. You have about a month to do it. Start planting those seeds in all those, you know, pro-Trump guys that are just confused and don't know why this happened. You know, we we thought he was our guy. Don't be a total spurg about it. Don't, Don't just go full on 1488. Like, you know, none of that, like... Spurgy stuff. Don't don't do that. Just yeah. Be, be there with a message of, of hope. Be there with a message of hope and say, listen, we can't rely on this system to do anything good for us. You know, yeah. criticize criticize the copium. Don't let them. You know, it's like uh, you know, with an alcoholic. You know, you got to search that toilet tank for the uh, the Jim Beam they've got hidden back there. You know, get rid mm-hmm. of that. Uh, get rid of the copium. Um, but say, you know, ultimately, you know, the system it hasn't really helped us at all so far. It, it's not going to get worse. Uh, significantly than it would be with Trump in office and, you know, give them hope like, hey, we have an alternative pathway to success here. We are building something that's going to last. And that's not a mirage. That's not an illusion. That's not a trick. This is real. 
Uh, it's real community, and we want you to be a part of it. Exactly. One last thing I just have to oh. say is something that Sam yeah. Hyde said a few weeks ago. It was really good. When you're talking to one of these people, don't try to shove a bunch of our rhetoric down their throat because they don't need that right now. He said something really good that was uh, shut your mouth and open your ears because these people want to talk. They want to just express themselves because they know that they can't do it in any other medium. And if you're there for them to bounce ideas off you, open your ears, shut your mouth, let them talk. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I did precisely that right after the election. Uh, went to go see my dad for like the first time in a year. And, you know, he, he was he's he's a pro Trump boomer kind of guy, you know, like. But he's a he's an awesome guy. And, you know, I was just listening to him. And this is just like a pro tip for everyone else. Like, don't think you're cucking and whatnot. Like sometimes when you're trying to plant those seeds, you may need to not so much be pro Trump, but be sympathetic and kind of be like, look, you know, if you look at it, you know, Trump did his thing. And, you know, all these other Republicans just totally turned his back on him. So, you know, just the Republican Party just needs to die because they're not fighting for you. You know, your guy that fought for you got betrayed by his own guys and just kind of build off from there. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, I hate to uh, I hate to break it up, but do you want lunch? Uh, do you want lunch? Do you want lunch? Yes, I oh think uh, we're going to have to call it. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys, and yeah, I will be on uh, next week. Mateo, would you like Would you like to do a second hour? We can do a little bit. All right. Yeah. All get, right. Get, to, get a couple of bad animals down here to do a second hour. <laughs> All right, Cons- boys. Consume a- podcast. Get excited for next podcast. Yeah, roll the, uh, roll the outro music. And we're back. So it's just me and Matteo El Distillero on for the second hour. What's going on, Hello, Matt? Hello, and wie geht's, mein Freund? So what do you got for, for content for me there, Goy? You, you got to give me something. Ich habe viel. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, something, something, 1911, something, something, both world wars. I, I don't know. I'm a boomer. But not really. I yeah. Hallelujah, I'm a boomer. No, I'm just kidding. Once, once, once I get good at putting break songs in and whatnot, you know, I, I'm yeah. gonna put how you know I'm gonna try to figure that out before I release this. I'm gonna put Hallelujah, I'm a boomer as the break song. Yes. Um. I don't know. I don't have anything. But <sighs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <sighs> You know or... I like to fuck with you. I'm sorry. Bro, please be patient. I have autism. <gasps> so, one thing I had to talk about was... Uh, fuck, what was it? You know, in the first hour we were talking about like the Amazon shit. And I completely agree with that. <clears throat> but <sighs> the only bad thing about like my job is I have like two days a week. And it's usually during the week to actually, like, go shopping. And since I live in the country, I usually have shit to do around my house. Like, I had to fix a window the other day. I had to cut down a tree and then cut it into parts. So I don't usually have, like, a lot of time. So that's the only reason. After I think after this year, my New Year's resolution is to never use Amazon again. And 
I'm just saying that here and now so people can hold me to it. Yeah, I, that's like one of my theories I got going. It's just like everyone's just like, oh, this 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 is the root of all evil. No, it's just, just like, no, they're all pieces in one big puzzle of like, it's all coming together now. Like eh, the boomerang slogan from way back on Cartoon Network. Like, yeah. like, like uh, with um, like single motherhood, for example. Yeah. Okay, now you have a bunch of single mothers. Well, now they don't have time to go out and do this, that, you know, play with the kids, do real mother things. Oh, yes. well, you know, I'll just, I'll just, you know, consume product from Amazon because it's quick and easy. And the dominoes keep falling forward and forward and forward until their agenda is now complete. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I hate... Like, uh, I, I, people are going to think it sounds like hypocritical of me to say this. Some product I do actually like to consume, and it's literally only wow. Everything else is, like, not big product. I've literally been playing World of Warcraft since 2006, so it's kind of hard to get rid of that addiction. And uh, other than that, because it's starting to get intolerable. Like, the way that they've been doing certain storylines, like, they they randomly made two characters gay for literally no reason. It never made sense. This guy, uh, Flynn Fleetwater, I think it was, was this, like, pirate guy. He was, like, debonair, and he was a swashbuckler, and he was, like, a ladies' man. And then they just randomly turned him gay. So, I'm, I'm starting to get weary. I'm starting to get weary of you, Blizzard. Went from swashbuckler to cocksuckler. <laughs> if you will oh no and he definitely will now because he got forced to I mean he's a pirate so you should have seen this coming yeah, he's a butt pirate mm, big putt <laughs> mm, big gay but um, um yeah. yeah no like like seriously like all these libtards complain about oh Nazi this Nazi that's just like you know what you know what I wanted ethics and video game journalism Yep. You could have prevented this. You could have stopped this, but you didn't want to. You you couldn't give me my pressure release valve, and now I'm a Nazi. Thanks. The hubris of your greed of wanting to control all culture has eventually led to the next Hitler. Good job. If, <laughs> if, Good job, if libtards. All, not that I'm complaining, but, you know, if, if I were a libtard... I, I would wish for the um, forward planning abilities of the Chinese. Forward planning? Forward planning? No, like, that's something to aspire for. I, something I was going to say in the, uh, in the first hour was uh, something I thought up. Like, <clears throat> and I'm going to be really uh, autistic about the way I say this. So, the small hats are... Uh, Manafinda, which means my enemy. The Chinese are Mangegna, which means my rival or opponent. And then, you know, Europeans are uh, meine Schwestern, Brudern und Familien. And that just means my brothers, sisters, and family. And that's the way that you really need to look. There's only really, <clears throat> and that's why I wanted to push back against Magnus, but he's not here to do it, so I could have bust his balls. But I really think the only people that really want to see us destroyed is the you-know-whos. The Chinese want us to turn into them, like a kind of hive mind, consumer class of just mindless drones that just work. That's it. 
that's what they're doing in Africa. If you look, if you look at Africa, exactly. that's what they're doing in Africa. But the Africans aren't worth trying to train to work. And and what's even funnier is the Africans are like wishing for the Europeans to control them instead of the Chinese because at least with the Europeans, we we gave them infrastructure, we gave them medicine, you know, literacy, education. we gave them everything, and they're just like. Oh, uh, apartheid bad, kick you out. And then the Chinese come in, it's just like, yeah, no, we're just taking your resources, go fuck yourself. We, yeah, we don't, we'll, we don't care. If you get too close to one of our mining operations, we'll just kill you. We're just gonna kill them. And like, if that would've, if the, if it's, okay, if the roles would've been reversed and it would've been the Europeans doing this, like, they seen, like, a couple Africans coming up there, they would've tried to give them, like, jobs. <laughs> yeah, be like, Dude, you you look like you're starving. Like, it, it, are you? Is your family starving? Like, do you guys need work? Because like, we need to get some stuff done. We have some spare money. You know, help me, help you. Like, everyone wins. But with the like, Chinese, it's just like, yeah, no, you're 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 forced manual labor. Like, you're you're gonna make me money. Go fuck yourself. Like I the don't Chinese, care. <coughs> the they are soulless, like literal bugs. Bugs. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, they are. They really are. They're literally like the the, the flood from Halo or whatever it was. I can't remember. Somebody connect. Or, yeah. yeah, whatever. But yeah, yeah it would have been about. like like the Europeans would have been like, oh, you want to work and we'll give like your family food for a week and you can like sleep in one of our camps. And then the Chinese are just like, yeah, you come over here. We're going to kill you. Yeah, like it's like, OK, you may be subjected, you know, contrary to our small hat friends. You know, like if we if we were to take over a population of a different race, yeah, we're we're not malevolent assholes. No, we're we're we're, good. we're yeah, be, because we want everyone to be happy. Like that's what, and that's what the Jew, uh, the small hat friends <laughs> <laughs> use against us is the fact that we we just Our you know, we're, we're just yeah we're just good people, and they use that against us. So, like, while it may be one of our greatest strengths, it's also our greatest weakness. It's one of our greatest strengths towards each other. And that's why, like, if you look, a really good thing that a lot of people don't know about, and I didn't know about this until about four years ago, because about four years ago, I was a a libertarian, and I was just kind of like, yeah, dude, free markets, let do whatever you got to do. You can go jerk yourself off to death if you want, fuck it, whatever. But now that I actually have like a sense of pride within my people, I realize things and I've, I, I go back and I look at things that I've said in the past. I really can't do that too much anymore because all of my stuff before 19 or 2019 is like gone, which is same. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and even before now, that, <laughs> now I can't like self reflect, but I remember some of the things I didn't said. And like, I always keep and this. And after I say this, I'm going to go into what I was going to say. I always keep this thing that I had from 2012. I have a Gary Johnson for president thing. I keep it on my wall just to remind me about where I came from, just so I'd never forget the person I used to be. And now that I actually understand the way that things work and I understand like how the European peoples used to be, the main thing I'm talking about here was the uh, Christmas, I want to say it was 1918, when England and Germany were fighting each other in the trenches. And if you know what happened, it was actually really beautiful. The soldiers themselves came to a, uh, what's that called when the two sides stopped fighting each other? Um, the, uh, was it the Christmas Armistice? Not the Christmas. 
Christmas. No, that's what it was. The Christmas Armistice. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I thought I was mixing up a word, but good thing I remembered. Yeah, it was like it was just temporary. We're not going to shoot you guys anymore. Let's just hang out because we're actually brothers. And like they knew that they were actually brothers. They had a they had a sense of themselves. They really did. And like there's video of them fucking playing soccer together. Dude, that fucking uh what was it uh the Hershey's commercial where it literally like shows all that? Yeah. Like the first time I ever saw that, like dude, someone was cutting up onions in that room that was one of the things that really actually made me give a fuck it really did and i saw that i was just like dude we're literally killing each other for no reason we've been killing each other for no reason for centuries well there's a reason but i don't really have to state that to you because you know oh god but like we're, we're just cattle used for slaughter to do thy bidding of um certain people Ow. In uh, for certain political reasons, Ow. for certain yeah. political agendas. But yeah, like, and, and what's funny is that the people that they typically use for that slaughter is unmarried men who do not have children, thereby removing their bloodline. Weird, I was, huh? I was actually thinking, yeah, it is. It's very well. I mean, it's weird. If you just uh, cut yeah. into this yesterday, uh, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I was thinking about this. How many families, and I, when I say families, I don't mean like nuclear families. I mean, how many bloodlines, like you just said, how many last names, how many just uh, last names from a certain area that just don't exist anymore? They've been completely wiped out. And for what? Literally nothing. Yeah. Go, like, even if just go ahead. Like, disregarding the whole, like, sending, you know, unmarried males with no kids into war. Disregard all that. Why was World War One a good thing? Like, was it actually justified? Yeah, some dude shot some, you know, like, important political figure. Yeah, whatever. Is that a reason to drag the entirety of Europe into war and killing millions of Europeans just for what? For nothing. Just literally for nothing. And it well, actually it was for something, but not for something for us. Nope. There's something for them. Which we were laid, never meant to gain. Yeah. No, what it did was it laid the groundwork for yep. World War Two, which, you know, was in whether it be directly or indirectly planned, um it essentially killed national socialism nationalism in general like it just became taboo to believe in any of that after that and that they they literally altered our you know whether it be ethnic destiny our dna and one of the reasons they were so successful at it is because like literally taking the strongest fighting men and sending them to kill each other and then both sides just dying and then you're left with the people that weren't able to go to war. And it's a different thing now because I wouldn't advise anyone now that we know what we know and why we know what we know. I would never advise anyone to join the military. I'm not talking about you. Do not but, do it. Yeah, because you're literally just sent to a slaughter for literally nothing. That's it. You literally get nothing. Yeah, like the only thing that I would say like, yeah, go ahead, do it is if you are going nowhere fast in life. Yeah, and you join for a trade where you will never see combat. 
ever. Like, if you're going to do it, do something that you are not putting your life at full. Like, don't be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to go to ranger school and, and stuff like that and be all high speed. Like, don't, don't do that. No. You know, it, it, it is good training. However, you're putting yourself at risk for people that want you dead. Yep. And they'll use any means necessary to get rid of you to weaken the gene pool. Yeah. And, I, I definitely love how there's people like that because there's a lot of people that join for that reason. It's just like, I want to fight for my country, this and that, because they, they don't get the shot. They, they don't get it is that we don't fight for us. Like, no. Yeah, we, we, we need to go kill the sand people halfway across the world because uh, my freedoms. Like, does anyone, especially nowadays, like, oh, what are we at? Um Almost 10 years after 9-11, do, do people actually believe that we went to Iraq and Afghanistan and then everywhere else in the Middle East and Northern Africa afterwards? Do they really believe we, we did any of that for my freedoms? No. No. And, yeah, like anyone who says yes is fucking lying to you, honestly, in my opinion. Like, it's, it's pure, like, cognitive dissonance at that point. Yeah, and it, and it really is just so tiresome. <laughs> and I know that, like, everything we're saying is, like, preaching to the choir here, but, like, if, if you have that instinct, if, if you have that warrior class, you want to just fight for your people, and in this context, I'm assuming that most of these people want to fight for their country rather than their people, save that for here. Save it for something that matters. I'm not saying you should go out in the streets and, like, have some kind of armed revolution, but take that spirit, take that want, take that need to like to overcome and save it for your own fucking people. Yeah, and it's it's not their fault because up until recently, less than a century ago, a nation and its people were one and the same rather than, you know, global global interests. <laughs> yeah, so like it's it's ingrained in our nature to want to defend our countries which we automatically group with our own people our own race to defend ourselves and obviously they they every the media suppresses everything like they they tell you what they want you to know they yep. will they will lie tooth and nail it it does it don't matter and none of this matters yeah like as long as it achieves their end goal it don't matter but what they do is they, they just play on our warrior spirit and our willingness to, quote-unquote, defend our people. When in reality, it, what, what, what percentage of whites is the U.S.? Was it at like 63% now? Des- testing very quickly to be under 50%? Yeah, I think – I want to say it's like 60 or below now actually. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's worse than what they actually tell us. I'm. Mm-hmm. I hate to be the black pill guy, guy, but uh, yeah, it's probably a lot worse. Um, I mean, like honestly, how accurate do you think their uh, counts of illegal migrants from third world shitholes is? Do you really <sighs> think it's on par? I guarantee mm. they uh, they they undershoot it a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. <sighs> what, do you, what do you think? The government would just lie to you? Oh! 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 
Oh God, the government! Ah! The government. Oh man. The Democratic was... People's Republic of Israel. Yeah, for real. I mean, they they want to say Israel's the fifty first state, but I think it's the first state. Yeah, no, we're the second state of Israel. <laughs> we're just a colony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. I don't mean to laugh at that, but I mean, <laughs> we're laughing in pain. Yeah, we're laughing as they strike us. <laughs> <laughs> oh. One attack dog. What do you need five attack dogs for? What do you help, mean? Help police. I only have one American attack dog. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it really is of, just... Speaking of attack dogs for Israel... Um, oh, God. You know, Iran, which I, I got mixed opinions on this because the well, monoxide effect is always in effect. And Iran's so far away. Yeah, and... They may or may not have certain, you know, s- small hat re- relationships. But regardless, the Persian Empire did strike back. Yes. In the Shlomo Wars. Ooh. So, recently, I'm sure many of you know, a uh, top nuclear scientist was... <laughs> it, it's straight out of a movie. I, I, you, like, you cannot even make this shit up. That's how you know those small hat people who run that small hat nation in the Middle East also run Hollywood, you know, weird coinky dink. Because uh, it's, it's something that they made up in their minds. Uh, so they assassinated a top nuclear scientist in Iran, which, you know, it, the typical boomer, you'd be like, oh, they, they killed nuclear scientists. He, he was trying to make nuclear bombs. It's like, no, he was just nuclear energy. He, they were just trying to be energy, clean, efficient, you know, something the libtards actually want but won't actually openly preach. Yeah. You know, like he's good genetic stock. You know what? I'm, I'm stealing that from Iraq, you. Yeah. And they, they killed good genetic stock. And for, like, instead of leaving their campsite looking better than – before they got there, dude, they shit that thing up. And that's all they do. That's all the Mossad does. Mm-hmm. And Iran said afterwards, after they killed him, and the way they killed him was, what was it? With like a remote car with a machine gun and, I don't know, I know ex- IEDs were involved. Like some crazy James Bond tier shit. And Iran was not so happy about it. They said they would retaliate because they knew immediately they openly said it and well every other country who's you know bows down to israel Ah. uh you know deep down they knew it was true but they're not going to openly say it but they they, everyone knows yeah this was a Mossad op just like um beirut that that was israel they took out the one important port there like how oddly convenient. But, um, Weird. Yeah, it's just a like coincidence there, Goy. But, oh. um, so Iran vowed revenge, as usual. But this time, they actually, <laughs> they actually, boy, they did it. They went sicko mode. They went, <laughs> <laughs> they went, <laughs> I think it was in Jerusalem, I believe. It was somewhere in Israel. And they killed the Mossad commando right in the streets. 
they just yeah, they just aren't having it anymore. That they, they're just like, you know what? I I ain't putting up with your shit anymore, fam. Not doing it. You ain't doing that. It don't matter. I'm taking you out with me. <sighs> um, you know, on one hand, I'm glad that something like that happened. But on the other hand, it's just going to like drag us into another war. And I'm just like, why are, why are we here? Like, let, that, let these, yeah. let, why don't we just uh, let these guys uh, fight it out on the road? That sounds good to me. Why don't we give them all, well, also implying nukes are real, but assuming oh, they're God. real. Yeah, we're not getting into that right now. It don't matter. But, um, yeah, so (laughs) under the assumption that nukes are real, why don't we just give them to, like, everyone in the Middle East, but only give them, like, the range of just, like, staying in their little shitty area? It's just like, okay, have fun. Solve your problems. I'm not having any part of this. Yeah, for real. You guys just go do your thing here, and we'll just be over here. Like, you do you. I don't care who wins, because whoever wins, I am not interacting with you either way. No. I don't want any relationship with you. No. Unless, like, you know, like, you're you're pro-us, and you're not going to fuck with us, like, you know, certain other small hat friends have in the past and present. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I, I will not bow to anyone. I will be friendly. But I will not bow to anyone or answer to anyone. Uh, one of our, one of our, our own one nation. Our, yeah, exactly. One of our presidents in the past, uh, I believe it was Theodore Roosevelt, said, uh, "Speak softly and carry a large stick." I believe that was him, and he is the only based Roosevelt because FDR was the polar opposite of that. Tbh, man. Yep. Yeah. Oh God, he was the biggest cuck, dude. Dude, uh, yeah, he's a legitimate communist, like. Fucking Christ. And I believe uh, he might have been uh, Josh. Josh. Mm, that that honestly wouldn't surprise me because, well, communism, Jewish, well, you don't but, need to repeat and, yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, and if he wasn't, then, you know, he was just a cuck for him, so. Yeah, yeah, he was just a butt goy. Yep, classic. One of the first. Oh, God, an original butt goy. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you really think about it, and um, uh, what was it? Uh, General Patton, his famous quote, you know, our guys will obviously know this quote already. But anyone in uh, Rio Rhinelander that, that doesn't know General Patton's reaction in World War Two after Berlin was taken was we fought the wrong enemy. Let that sink in a guy who is in charge of the European campaign. Realize at the very end we fought the wrong we we were on the wrong side. Now a the president who has a lot more intel than any general combined, um, knowingly put us in this situation. Okay, well, in in those times because nowadays it's probably uh, those those glowies know a lot more, but we're we're talking about World War Two times. Yeah, sorry. I was. Uh, I, I don't mean to detract from what you were saying, but this is another. Uh, this could be a credence to Dogbot. I was looking at um, FDR's early life, and if you go and look at it, uh, it's really 
strange. I don't know if this is like a cultural thing. That you, it looks like they did. But the pictures of FDR at two years old, he's wearing a dress. Wait, whoa, what? I'm gonna this send is news to, to me. I'm going to send this to you. Apparently it was like a practice that the elites did. That a child from two to eight would wear gowns. Child grooming, huh? Where have I seen this before? I just I sent it to you in the chat. Oh, like, what the fuck? No, Wikipedia, I will not donate to you. So, uh, the picture Wait. in the description says a young, unbreached Roosevelt in 1884, two years old. And if you highlight unbreached, breaching was the occasion when a small boy was for, was first dressed in breeches or trousers. From the mid-16th century until the late 19th or early 20th century, young boys in the Western world were unbreached and wore gowns or dresses until an age that varied between two and eight. Bruh. What <laughs> the fuck? Like, any, anyone listening to this, if... if if you were looking at what I'm looking at right now. That's a little boy in a dress. He's not even, dude, it, it's a dress. It's a girl's hat, a girl's haircut. Those, it almost looks like the fucking uh, shoes from uh, the Wizard of Oz that Dorothy wore. I'm I'm halfway tempted to get dog modern on the call. Holy shit, dude. We'll just send it to him and ask his opinion. And yeah. Oh no! I am sending that right now. And, I didn't you know, know about this. What the fuck? For all those listeners who aren't TRS, um, who don't normally listen to TRS, because um, I, I failed to mention this in the beginning, I am Jack Le Intern on the Paranormies. Oh yes, yes. The, I, I, I was gonna cut in. Yeah, I, I was gonna cut in and say it at some point, but I. Yeah, I, I totally forgot. Slash, I think I just talked a lot. I, someone talked a lot. I don't remember. It was anymore. both me and him. We just were just. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you, you guys kept going back and forth. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the host. What the fuck? Okay, so this gets even weirder. Um, they, they wore the gowns until between two and eight when they would start wearing actual pants, which is weird. Well, trousers. 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 Various forms of relatively subtle differences usually enabled others to tell little boys from little girls in codes that modern art historians are able to understand. Modern art. Oh, you mean modern art is is not created by the CIA, which it was. Breaching was an important and I mean, we all know what the word breach like actually means right? Uh, uh, forceful entering if you know what I mean yeah breaching was an important rite of passage in the life of a boy wow uh, look forward to with much excitement and often celebrated with a small party it often marked the point at which the father became more involved with the raising of a boy god I oh, wish I had I wish I had drops right now dude they're, they're literally okay look the main reason for keeping boys in dresses was toilet training, or the lack thereof. Yeah, fucking bullshit. The, right. the change was probably made once boys had reached the age where they could easily undo the rather complicated fastenings of many... No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, they gotta wear dresses for, for potty training. Meanwhile, this dude, this, well, this little dude 
is fucking wearing goddamn women's shoes. Like, yeah, what, what, what's the shoes got to do with it? Oh, Dude, you got to complete the set, right? Got to complete the set. Even, this, this is getting even weirder. Hold on. In the 19th century, photographs were often taken of the boy in his new trousers, typically with his father. He might also collect small gifts of money by going around the neighborhood showing off his new clothes. <laughs> Friends of the mother, as much as the boy, might gather to see his first appearance. A letter of 1679 from Lady Anne North to her widowed and absent son gives a lengthy account of the breaching of her grandson. Quote, Never had any bride that was to be dressed upon her wedding night more hands about her, some the legs and some the arms, the tailor buttoning, and other putting on the sword, and so many onlookers that I had not a finger amongst them. I could have seen him. When he was quit dressed, he acted as part as well as any of them. Since you cannot have first sight, I resolved you should have a full relation. The dresses he wore before she calls coats. So, you know, bear with me for a moment because yeah. I, I have yet to figure out how to make a drop board. But if I were to have a drop board, this is what it would say. God, okay. <clears throat> the next step, yeah. says Wikipedia. In the late 18th century, new philosophies of child rearing led to clothes that were thought especially suitable for children. Toddlers wore washable dresses called frocks of linen or cotton. British and American boys, after perhaps three, began to wear rather short pantaloons and short jackets. And for very young boys, a skeleton suit, which is, uh, I don't, it's like just wearing shorts and a shirt, looks like. I don't know. These gave the first real alternative to dresses and became fashionable across Europe. <sighs> it never ends. It's, it's all so tiresome. It really never fucking ends with these people. Implying people. Oh, God. I just, uh, like, I don't even know what to say after that. Like, it might have been some, like, cultural thing back in the day, but that's just still... It just doesn't sit right. I Okay, I remembered how we got onto the topic of FDR. FDR, commie, also small hat, and then it went from that to dogbot vindicated. Yep. I mean, dude, he just is. I don't even have anything else to say other than that. He just is. That's well, it. It, it's not even just him, it's just the... You know, not to, you know, uh, blow smoke up one owns ass, but uh, the Paranormies are right about everything. Go check us I'm really, out. I'm really starting to see that. Yeah, like, you know, some some conspiracies that we talk about implying conspiracies, because I hate that fucking term, but that's what's just commonly known to your average common folk. Um, some take longer than others to be vindicated. Which is why, you know, given enough time, the paranormies are always proven correct. Mm -hmm. Hence the monoxide effect. 
Yeah, I could definitely, definitely, definitely see that. And, you know, I... Uh, like, I was listening to it today, and I can't remember what it was, but it resonated with me so fucking hard. Your latest episode that you guys did, and just listening to it, like, with the Ellen or Elliot Page thing. Oh, the one who was originally a male, then became a female, and is now going back to male? Yeah, because his hairline one? started to recede. Yeah. And coupling yeah, and then, that, coupling oh. that with the book, with the book I've been reading, you know, giving a child hormones does like stop growth it just does it just stops growth and it turns you into like a small uh, genderless sexless weird creature yeah they've been doing stuff like this not even just with hormones i forget the term that was used it's pretty much to essentially I think it was used it was done in like France or something where they essentially like castrated small Castrados. boys. Yes. Yes. I had to so look they that could up keep for, their high well, allegedly yeah. so they could keep their high voice for songs. When I first had to look that up for Dogbot during one of the shows and read that, I it's like uh. <laughs> I I really wish I could un I wish I never knew that was a thing. Yeah. Well like you know, just because I hate it doesn't mean, you know, I regret not knowing it because it, you know. No, it makes you stronger. Exactly. It really does. And it's just like, if they were doing this way back when, and, you know, exponentially technology progresses, imagine how much slips past. Everyone's just like, no, dude, that's a chick. Gal Gadot is totally a chick and, you know, totally ah. not an IDF male soldier. No, totally Totally not. I get a lot. We we get a lot of pushback on Gal Gadot. Uh, who are the other ones? You mean Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. <laughs> well, dude, you know, if anything else, that one thing you should take away from this, even if you don't believe it, stop idealizing celebrities. These yeah, people seriously. would literally push your face in the dirt and walk on your back so they didn't have to get their shoes wet. Wait, so all A-list celebrities are trannies? Always has been. Except Mel Gibson. Yeah, well, he's not A-list because they, they won't. Well, they he won't used to be. Uh, until he mentioned a certain people. I mean, it's just, you know, God bless Mel Gibson, first off. And second off, like, just the, the, the shit he took for saying the things that he said. Just powerful. Good for you. I'm surprised they let him make Passion of the Christ. Probably because they know if they would, you know, completely just block him from everything. That's a money losing opportunity. How am I going to make money off this guy? Well, not only that, but if, he, if so, if he tried to do that today, that would not have. Oh, happened. it would not. No, no, it was. But it back was, then, yeah. it was before the Jignats. Or well, before the Jignats really started going full throttle, it was when they were trying to be, you know, the optics guy. Think of the optics. Like they, they, like the, it, it's all, it's all part of the plan, man. It is, and this is not a plan I want to follow. Yeah, and like you know, shutting down Passion of the Christ was not a part of the plan, where it would have made their plan work. So they let it happen, not because you know, like, oh, you know, like th- this will totally turn people to to being Zionists. Like that, that wasn't it. Like obviously, it's it's gonna turn you know certain people certain ways but 
shutting it down would have made it a whole lot worse at that point in time. Whereas now, if they shut it down, it would have been totally accepted and, in fact, applauded. Oh, of course. But now... <laughs> the the cat's out of the bag, if you will. The, the Saddens out of the cube. Ow! Filibuster for a minute. I'll, I'm listening to you. Just filibuster for just a moment. Uh, anyways, pressing forward. Uh, this concludes the end of our first podcast, and we hope to have a lot more listeners in the future. Um, this is Jack, your host, brought to you by um, Mateo Distillero and Magnus, and uh, time travel makes you gay. When there's nothing left but the fire in my chest and the air that fills my lungs, I'll hold my tears and trade my ears for a glimpse at kingdom come. On the other side of misery, there's a world we long to see. The strife we share will take us there to relief and sovereignty. Oh my God, we'll have our home again. My God, we'll have our home. My blood or sweat will get there yet. My God, we'll have our home. In our own towns, we're foreigners now. Our names are spat and cursed. The headline smack of another attack Not the last and not the worst Oh, my fathers, they look down on me I wonder what they feel To see their noble sons driven down Beneath a coward's heel Oh, my God, we'll have our I struggle forth to find a friend to light the way for me. Oh, brothers, can you hear my voice or am I all alone? If there's no fire to guide my way, then I will start my own. Oh, my God!